When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I was born with a gift. I was born with the gift of having only one hand. Nobody is born average. If I refuse to let circumstances define me, I'm going to define my circumstances. You'll never make an impact unless you're committed to the collision. Dear young married couple, you're in a busy season of your life. You're probably working and involved in ministry. On top of that, you might even be parents or students. You're maxed, but you really want to stay connected in your marriage. And that's why we're bringing this podcast to you. I'm Adam King. And I'm Carissa King. And we work with busy couples just like you in our counseling office here in Sacramento, California. We also work with couples all over the world through online counseling. And our couples are really just looking for ways to communicate with each other more effectively. Some of them are looking to heal from a breach in trust or find direction in fulfilling the purpose that God has for them. So come and join us as we have a conversation. We'll talk with therapists, authors, pastors, and other couples who will pour into us, giving us tools to become more intimately connected, get adventurous, and find purpose. Welcome to the Dear Young Married Couple Podcast. This episode will be on Living Above Average with Darren Sargent. And Darren Sargent is an author, a motivational speaker, and also the director of Ministry Central for the UPCI. He has been a pastor. Um, He's also been an influence in our lives from a young age. So we respect him. We're excited to have him on the podcast today. Yes, and he also has his MA in Christian Leadership from Hope International University. So he has a lot of things to uh, give to us today. Yes, and such a unique perspective too. You'll hear him talk about how he was born with one arm and how it has been pivotal for his development and the way he perceived things. So here we go. Darren Sargent, um, so, so, so good to have you here. And uh, we've been actually wanting to have you on for a long time. Yes. So it's a, it's a privilege. And an honor. Oh, man, it's my, sure. it's my, uh, it's my honor. This is, this is kind of cool to me because I knew you kids when you were kids. <laughs> now, right. you're just, now you're just bigger kids. <laughs> That's true. I do Amen. feel like a bigger kid. <laughs> totally. I do have stories for days about you and your you gotta family. You got to be careful. You got to be careful. Don't, <laughs> don't tell them all, Adam. Don't tell them all. <laughs> but, you know, I, I would definitely say that your family has had an integral role in the development of who I am today. Mm-hmm. And I don't say that lightly. Yep. Um, your dad and your brothers have all made an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, just do the things that you guys have all done and stood for all your life. And in a great example, your whole family. Yes. Well, that we means respect a lot. you. 
Yeah, well, you we guys were, are awesome. Aw, yeah, we. I, I have so many memories of growing up, going to youth convention, hearing <laughs> hearing you mentor and guide and preach and teach, and um, I just have a lot of respect for you. So we're excited to dig in today this to this topic. Um, it's something that hits home for everybody. And we want to find out from you, when you think back to the concept of average, where did this start developing in maybe as a child? Well, it it really did start as a child. Uh, Before I get too deep into it, I know I've already said, but thank you for the opportunity to be on here. And uh, you guys are, you guys are two of the, two of the best, in my opinion, the cream of the crop and uh, watching your, your guys' life and ministry expand and grow has been uh, I'm a, I, I'll stand on the sideline and cheer Adam and Carissa King <laughs> all day long. I'll go get Aww. some pom-poms if I have to, <laughs> uh, because you guys so are, sweet. you're the real deal and you're helping mm-hmm. people. And that, that's what it's all about. Um, Thank I, you. When, when you talk about average, um, mm-hmm. I had a, I've had, I've had several dynamic moments in my life that have shaped me. If you don't know who I am. I know they'll probably give you a little update on who I am. I was born with, I was born with a gift. I was born with the gift of having only one hand and I wouldn't want it any other way. So if you see me at a conference and you come pray for me to get my arm to grow, I'll probably throw up front you. Uh, And you better not call him handicapped. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Don't make an excuse for me. Don't call me handicapped. Don't call me disabled, but it's been a gift. Um, And the, the older I get, the more I recognize the importance of why I was born the way I was. But one of the most dynamic moments happened in the space of about four years. Um, when I was in the first grade, we lived in Salinas, California. And uh, I remember I, when I was born, I was inducted into the Shriners Hospital group or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they fitted me with a prosthetic as a child. Now, if you know my parents, you've already mentioned my parents, but Adam, and uh, I owe so much to my mom and dad. They're just unbelievable people and how yeah. they handled me being their firstborn with only one hand says a lot about my attitude and who I am today and how I handle uh, yeah. what many would consider to be a disability. But um, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I remember um, I wore my prosthetic. It was a hook. You've seen those, those hooks where, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wore it to school one day. Like I said, my parents never forced me to wear it. Uh, Shriners fitted me with one and, and, you know, it was free. So I just, every once in a while, put it on. It was great. It was great for pinching girls um, <laughs> and, and all that. But I remember wearing it to school and me and a buddy of mine was on the playground at recess and I jumped for this ball. At the same time, he did one of those, one of those playground, red rubber playground uh, uh-huh. balls. And my hook accidentally jabbed him in the lip and blood started coming out. And I'm thinking, yeah, this is is awesome. Wear this more. Exactly. My teacher didn't see it that way. And I remember, I don't remember my first grade teacher's name. I have no idea what it was. I remember coming back to the classroom after the incident and her pulling me outside and sticking her finger in my face and saying, I never want to see that on your arm again. Mm. How dare you wear that? You're going to hurt other people. Don't bring that to school again. Mm. And I remember just being first grade heart, just being devastated. I mean, I was just yeah. crushed. 
Yeah. And she gave me a note, sealed it, and it said, had my parents' names on it. And I remember going home and being very concerned about giving it to my parents. I gave it to my dad. And I was kind of on the floor. He was in his chair. And he read the note, folded it up, put it to the side, picked me up, put me on his lap. And he said, Darren, what that note says about you is not who you are. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm. God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. And so this concept from Psalm 139 at a young age began to kind of circulate in my brain. And fast forward three years, it's right in the middle of the fourth grade year. Um, we moved from Salinas, California to Twin Falls, Idaho, to a little town outside Twin Falls called Kimberly, Idaho. And I wanted to play football with all the guys at recess. I, like I said, I was right in the middle of the school year. So all the, the little small school, all the friend groups had formed every, you know, here's this one arm kid, extremely handsome, but here's this one arm kid <laughs> that, that is, is all of a sudden introduced into the classroom. I wanted to play football. I wanted to show them I could beat them single-handedly, but they wouldn't let me play. <laughs> and I, and I, remember, I remember coming into my classroom and collapsing on my desk and bawling like a baby. I'll be honest mm. with you. girl that sat next to me, her name was Shelly Morrill. I'll never forget. She went up and told my fourth grade teacher. Now, I remember his name. His name was Mr. Jenkins. He told my, she told my fourth grade teacher what had happened. And all of a sudden, I hear him say, class, class, let's settle down. I want to talk to you for a moment. And he started to call up five or six students and he lined them up across the front of the classroom. And he pointed out in each of these students, their positive differences. Hmm. It it was brilliant. It was brilliant. And then I heard, I'm still in the back, like, "Ah," you know, snot running out my nose. My eyes are all puffy. (laughs) And I'm thinking, you know, what's he doing? And all of a sudden I heard him say, Darren, would you come here? And I, instantly fear gripped my heart. I'll never forget it. And I said here in my brain, I'm thinking, here we go again. I'm going to be singled out. And he called me up there, put his arm around me and he pointed out my, what would could be considered a disability to some as a positive difference. Mm. And it changed my life. I mean, I went into junior high and junior high I ran for, student body senate my dad was my campaign manager and he drew this poster with my sleeve hanging down said vote for sarge to be your right hand man because that's all he can be and, and i won i mean and i went into high school and and you've all heard my stories in in high school my arm almost became the school mascot but something something started in in this in this noggin right here about this concept and I've read that scripture all my life. Psalm 139, verse 14. We are fearfully, wonderfully made. And about probably seven, eight, nine years ago, I was I was doing my morning devotion, and I happened to be in that chapter reading it, and the Lord just, really, I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, nobody is born average. Mm-hmm. And I stopped, and I had my journal, and I was right, and I said, whoa, whoa. Say that again, God. Nobody is born average. Wow. And what settled on me has evolved over the last few years, but it's this concept that all of us were born with incredible promise and potential. Hmm. The sky is the limit 
on what God has created us to be and what God has created us to do. Yet we allow life. We allow pain. We allow hurt. We allow tragedy. We allow failure. We allow divorce. We allow whatever yeah. to mm. cause us to kind of slip into this abyss of the average where we just kind of settle into the status quo and yeah. never think that we can push. And we, we allow these limiting beliefs to start get piled on. Mm-hmm. This failure causes this belief. This hurt causes this limiting mm-hmm. belief. This tragedy causes this. That person and what they said causes this. This We could go on and on and on. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it kind of just put something into my spirit that in every youth camp I get to preach, I'm, 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 I'm 52. I know I only look whatever. Um, <laughs> but... You never looked able. better. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I'll, I'll send you that money later. Um, but it's, it's a concept and a message that I preach every chance I get to preach to young adults and teenagers because they're de- they may not have a physical handicap, yeah. but something is limiting them. Yes. Something yeah. is keeping them down. So that's where it kind of came from. Wow. You know, you know it's, it's so interesting but also puts me like it gives me perspective you know that that old memory the the memories that you shared could it easily become defining in the other way exactly they could have easily been time bound not trauma but uh, something that would have defined you that would have been very difficult to get out of your system, yeah. like would have informed your fears would have informed like these places exactly. that mm-hmm. actually, you know, been your tar baby, like your stuckness. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I think, you know, there's a, there's something I've lived by my entire life. I refuse to let circumstances define me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to define my circumstances. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we, they're, they're basically, in my opinion, and I talked about this on a podcast I did this morning, uh, my, my own podcast, but I, I talked about there's four areas that I feel limiting beliefs originating from. Number one is your past. Right. And you're right, Adam. It, I could have let that, I could have let that affect me, mm. but I had, I had the wisdom of my parents. Mm-hmm. I had the wisdom of my fourth grade teacher mm. who a few years back, I was doing a motivational speech in. Nevada and he drove down and I took a film crew and we filmed his perspective of that moment. Mm, That's awesome. It was incredible. I mean, (laughs) his perspective of things I never thought about. We did about a sit uh, 30 minute sit down interview. Oh, that's neat. Can people uh, access that interview? You know what? I do have, I think I have it on my YouTube. I'll, I'll make sure, but I'll send you the link. Cool. That'd be awesome. So you can put it on there. Yeah. Uh, it's about 20, 30 minutes long, but it, it's from his perspective and how he felt like he, and I've developed a whole course that I'm in the middle of right now working on uh, about that. I'm calling it get a grip. I'm using five, oh, nice. I only have five fingers, so I'm using <laughs> five points. Um, but I want to talk about, I want to share that. There are things that he did, but I think we get, we allow the past to bring about limiting beliefs in our lives that cause yeah. us to to remain status quo, to remain average. We allow, we allow the present. We look mm-hmm. at the headlines. We look at everything around us and the world's a scary place and we can't push through because so-and-so is saying this about us right now, or they did that or mm-hmm. whatever. And then there's the pretend. Talk we about can, the pretend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I call the pretend the social media monster. I mean, 
If you're yes. not careful, you can t- try to compare yourself. I'm not, I'm not in competition with Joe Blow from Kokomo, who has 75,000 <laughs> followers. And every five seconds, he's posting what he's doing and how awesome it is. Folks, social media is, it's the highlights, if it's, yeah. if it's anything. Yeah. And a lot of it is people are just posting the good. They're not, they're not showing you the bad stuff. Nobody, you know, there now there's some people that uh, I'm now I'm preaching, but there's some people that there's some people that get on Facebook and they want to share all their woes and see yeah. how bad it is. Yeah. I ain't got time for that. <laughs> you know, I love people and I'll pray for people, but dear Lord, it's amazing how bold people get behind a computer oh, keep oh I got some stop. discernment folks. <laughs> yes, exactly. But the pretend is such a especially with young people and, and, and young adults, yeah. they're, they're comparing themselves to people's social media life. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Come on. Right. Mm. That's the world to pretend. It's not yeah. the real world. And then but it the feels final, so real. It, but it feels so real, because especially in spend, that time. We spend most of our time. I, I know I, I'm, I'm holding up. There it is. <laughs> we, we, we spend so much time mm-hmm. in this world. Yep. Yep, and uh, yep. it's become a part of us. I mean, the worst thing that iPhone could have ever done was do that screen time monitoring on your phone yes. that you get on Sunday afternoon right before I would preach. Um, <laughs> it always shows up and shows me what I spent most of my time on. But uh-huh. we do. We're we're engulfed in this. We're we're yes. we're spending way too much time. Yeah, involved in the pretend. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's only really one Facebook, and that's the Bible. And it said, <laughs> as we look into the mirror of the word, that's mm-hmm. the original Facebook. That's good. And that's where we really yeah. need to be spending, spending our time. Then the final one to me would be people. We mm-hmm. let people limit us. We let yeah. the lies of people. And, and I could have. I could have let my first grade teacher, whatever her name was, mm-hmm. I could have let her limit my life. Yeah. Or I could choose to believe what God says about me yeah, and what yeah. the word says and what my parents have put into me and what positive mentors put into my life. We'll be right back to the interview. But first, we wanted to share something that we are really excited about. So, you know, we all have those times where we don't feel super connected to our spouse and we really don't know what conversations to have to get us to that connected place. And then on top of that, we're so busy that we don't prioritize those conversations. And that's why we created the monthly live date night. And monthly live date night is every month on a Friday night for 90 minutes, 60 minutes. We focus on a topic that uh, you guys pick and then 30 minutes we do a Q&A and it's live where we're all together asking questions and giving answers on topics related to your marriage, your intimacy. And we share tools. Uh, We have handouts that we call homework because we want you to be there to listen and to soak in. But we really want you to take action in your marriage, too. So come join us live for the next monthly live date night. Check the link in the show notes for dates and details. All right. Back to the interview. Mm -hmm. So good. I had a question for you. Yeah, there's there's a lot of fathers and mothers listening to this. And like just listening to how crucial that wisdom was in that time, in that moment. Mm -hmm. Like your dad had, I mean, maybe he just walks around all the time with that sort of wisdom. (laughs) I would have might have been like kind of taken aback and got frustrated that she would have said that. But I don't know if I would have come back with that wisdom right away without preparing for it. 
Do you think that that was something that he had been mulling over for a while or, you know, try, I, like, I, I, I think, you know, we, we don't, I think sometimes we don't give enough attention to spiritual gifts hmm. that come up on us at times that yeah, are necessary. That. Um, let me, let me take it back to the day I was born. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is, this is really cool. And while I'm telling you this, I kind of feel that little extra Holy Ghost mm-hmm. nudge just to go mm-hmm. here. Um, my aunt showed up at the hospital after I was born looking for my dad and she couldn't find him. Uh, this was after I was born. This was after he had walked into the room. This was after he'd held me. This is after he had assured my mother. Uh, my aunt told me this. She goes, I went to find she calls him Harry. She goes, I went to find Harry and I didn't know where he was. Went into the, the, you know, the, the lounge or whatever, the cafeteria, the waiting room wasn't there. She goes, I found him in the chapel. Mm. And, uh, sorry. Um, he was down in a hospital chapel praying. Mm. And he told me later, he said, I had to get a word from God that this boy was going to be all right. Hmm. And when my aunt went in there, he grabbed my aunt, hugged her, no doubt with tears. And he said, there will be nothing this boy will not be able to do. And I think the wisdom from God started right there. And when presented, and this has happened with my parents, not just my dad, my mom as well, critical junctures Mm -hmm. in my life where I felt unworthy. I felt, you know, how how am I going to preach and hold a mic and point for someone to come up? The whole front three rows are going to come up, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, they have stepped in and God has given them wisdom and given them words to speak into my life. See, this is the power of influence. And in my opinion, one of the greatest influencing roles in the world is that of a parent. Yes. And when they would step in many times and speak a word that would encourage me and I remember one time I was just, I was going through it. I was in college and just struggling with, with different things and wrestling with stuff. And I remember being in bed one late night, just, I mean, I was just crying out to God and I heard the door open. And the next thing I know, my mom's got her hand on my head and she is Mm. calling down Jesus upon me Mm. and uh, critical moments. And so um, you know, you look all the way back from that first grade teacher to my fourth grade teacher to influences in my life to men of God that have played mighty roles that spoke key words at key moments. Uh, influence, you know, I live by a statement. You'll never make an impact unless you're committed to the collision. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we got to collide not only with ourselves, but we got to collide with issues and other people's lives and Mm. We're going to make a difference. If we're going to make an impact, we got to make a collision. <laughs> you're going to make a yeah. collision and like things are going to get bent and things are going to get messed up. But 
you know what? That's the only way you do. That's the only way you get through it. You got to crash through it sometimes. And I've had to, there's been a lot of fears that I've had to crash through a lot of uh, forces that wanted to keep me locked down in average. Uh, But you know what? Sure. You know, I may not join the Olympic swim team, only swimming circles, but you you know, I'm just, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to try it. Yeah, and, uh, I better stop because I could go on and on. <laughs> no, but that's so impactful. Yeah, it really. Thank you for sharing that. You know, I think parents, mm-hmm. it, it's so very easy to get so bogged down with all the demands of life that yeah. we don't, that we don't stay attuned mm-hmm. to what's happening and the real important things that are happening around us, mm-hmm. yeah. and. And really, if we don't touch God and get his perspective on things, it's so easy to react. Yeah. How, how would they send this stupid letter? Yeah, I'm calling the school. I'm going to talk to that teacher. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a reaction. Mm-hmm. How yeah. beautiful that he, I mean, he could have reacted internally. He could have like, hmm, he could have done something. But yeah. instead he reframed it. And how God sees you. And that's what made the impact. Right. And, and that's where our true identity arises from. It doesn't Beautiful. arise from someone's opinion of us. Right. It, it, it goes mm-hmm. back to what I said. People being the, the limiting belief. I, I could, mm-hmm. if I wanted to, I've had enough people talk bad about me and my condition. And, and you know, but one thing I, oh man, this just hit me. One of the things that, that I loved about people like my mom and dad and, and, you know, different mentors in my life is they never made excuses for me hmm. or they never let me make an excuse. Ooh. Yeah. Um, you know, talk about that. <laughs> oh, man, I, I could go I could go down a road here. I, I'll never forget. I was it was probably my. We were living in Sac. My parents were living in Sacramento. I was in school at Stockton. I came home for the summer between either my sophomore and junior year, must have been, and I was doing construction, <laughs> which is funny in and of itself, right? <laughs> if you drive by, if you drive by Gerber and uh, Power Inn, and those houses are no longer standing, it's because I helped build them. <laughs> um, I was working for Ken Mabry. No way. And uh, my dad was working there. And so Ken gave me a job. He started me out in sighting. That didn't work. Uh, I even tried to do roofing. That didn't work out too good. And so, so eventually I ended up just driving the forklift. And I nice. almost felt like that was a failure. The only time I ever heard my dad say something to me about the possibility of me not being able to do something was that summer. He pulled me into a house that wasn't finished yet. Cause I was frustrated cause everybody's doing all the things. And I, I was just sitting around on a forklift mm. and uh, he said, Darren, you were not created to be a forklift driver. <laughs> <laughs> you're created to make a difference in this world. Mm. Quit. Yeah. You're going to be, you're going to be back in school in a few weeks. You're worried That's about, good. I was upset about something. That was yeah. the only time. Cause every single yeah. time my father, even when I made mistakes, he never made an excuse for me. Mm. See, there's the mm. issue I think we have in the society. Mm. We got parents trying to cover up kids' mistakes. Yeah. Sometimes mm. you've got to let them face it. 
Mm-hmm. There was there was yeah. times in my life where I had to face I had to face my mess. My dad didn't cover it up. He goes, oh, he's a poor one-armed kid. Leave him alone. He, you know, he can only count to five unless he takes his shoes off. Leave him alone, you know. <laughs> no. It's like, no, you're yeah. not, you're not, you're not getting the pass, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. You're not getting the pass. It wasn't That's that good. he was mean. They didn't do it mean. Mm-hmm. They just yep. were, they just life. Face it. Well, and I it. think they also in in the absence of excuses, they poured into you the truth who you are you know yeah. who you are to become even in that instance you gave you know yeah. he didn't just say you're not meant to be a forklift driver yeah. he said yeah. you're meant to make a difference you're going back That's to school right. like he he yeah. framed again that reframe of yeah. like here's who you are here's who yeah. you you're called to be yeah you're not going to be doing this 10 years down the road uh-huh right and if yeah. you are i'll take a nail gun and shoot it through your foot you know, <laughs> and, you know so um oh, but he saw good. you know i think sometimes we we need to look for the possibilities in people mm. instead yeah. of the the limitations problems. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The limitations in people. Or perceived limitations. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And you, you said it right, Chris. It's you know, he didn't he didn't make an excuse, but he he replaced it with something. Mm-hmm. With truth. He replaced yeah. it with a truth, with a positivity, with yes. you know, he wasn't trying to just blow smoke in my ear and you know, right. no, he, he knew. He knew. He knew I'm his child. Yep. He knew what God had planned for me. Mm. That's good. Okay, so kind of to redirect this a bit and, sure. and cha- challenge you here. I'm sure you have an awesome response. So we've uh-huh. emphasized quite a bit the value of a father's voice or a, a mentor's voice, your teachers. Um, and I think that is encouraging and probably motivating for those listening who are fathers, mothers, teachers, and want to pour into their children. What if the, you know, the person who's listening says, you know, I have these limiting beliefs caused by past, present, pretend people, and I want to be able to overcome that even though I don't have those positive voices in my life. Can you give them something to hold on to here? Maybe some practical guidance on, you know, the direction. Where does it start? Yeah, the direction they can go here. For me, I'm just going to talk. I'm a person of faith. You guys know yeah. this. You're people of faith. Mm-hmm. And yep. so faith is faith is a huge factor in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I had those voices, even though I had those people speaking in my life that were positive, there were times, more times than I want to admit. Well, I, not that I'd be scared to admit it, but more times than I could probably count. Let me put it that way. Uh-huh. Where I had to find a place in God. Uh-huh. I think the number one thing that we often overlook is establishing that connection with our creator. Mm. He created us. He knows us. He yes. knows why he created me the way he does more than I know why he created me the way he does. He has a plan that still is unfolding in my life. We've made a major transition. As you guys know, it's it's yeah. a total different thing, but there's a purpose behind it that I'm yeah. still seeing some of it. But I had to get alone with God. I had to find that voice that spoke to who I am. Because mm-hmm. if I don't get that, it, you know, it's it goes back to Isaiah's entire experience 
in the temple after King Uzziah died. He sees mm-hmm. the Lord. He gets a revelation of God. We can never get a revelation of ourselves till we get a revelation of God. We've heard preachers preach it. We've talked about it in, in Sunday school and in books. And, you know, he gets a revelation of God that ended up as a revelation of himself that then resulted in a revelation of the mission. Look mm. at it. Read it in Isaiah 6, I believe it is. Mm. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. The angels cried holy. He got a revelation of God. But then mm. the next thing we hear is, oh, woe is me, for I'm a man of unclean lips. He got a revelation of himself. Uh-huh. Here's the deal. We won't truly see who we are till we see who he is. Mm. And right. after that, after the angel took the coal from off the altar and stuck it on his lips, it was then that he said, once the voice asked the question, whom shall I send? He's like, over here, uh-huh. I'll go. There's the mission. Mm-hmm. There's the mission. Wow. And I think until we truly, yeah, until <laughs> we truly get a revelation of who God desires us to be, yeah. we'll wrestle with identity. Mm-hmm. So true. Yep. No <sighs> book will give it to you. Mm-hmm. No, no seminar will give it to you. It, it has to be, and I can take you to camp meetings. Mm-hmm. I can take you to sawdust floors in McCall, Idaho, when I was on my face at a youth camp, and God was digging deep into my, just pounding it into my yeah. spirit. This is who you are. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal, royal. priesthood. You are a holy nation. I know yes. the world defines, you know, I fit probably some category of disability someplace, and, you know, but no, that's not who I am. That's right. I'm who God that's says right. I am. And that goes all the way back to what David said. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You knew me in the innermost parts of my mother's womb. You had a plan for me that was established. Woo, I'm preaching now. <gasps> that was established right then. Yes. And yet we allow all this junk yeah. to come into our lives and we get so freaked out and all, yeah. you know, it's just, yeah. it's just nuts. Yeah. It's wow. just getting that perspective. I love it that you brought up, you know, the, the year that King Uzziah died, you mm-hmm. know, he was in the temple and there was a shaking that took place in that temple. Wow. Yeah. And it's like, you know, if people don't give, they don't go to the place where there is a shaking and be shaken. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I just, right. some people don't allow themselves to open up yeah. to God in that way. The like, weight of who God is causes yeah. change and shaking and disruption in your life. It does. Yeah. Well, and I, I think you look at it, it's a pattern. It's a pattern that God used in every leader yep. that was effective. You look yeah. at Joseph, he had to face it. God yes. had to work. So you know, we want to put Joseph up here on a pedestal. Joseph apparently had some issues. Yeah. Yeah. Because he didn't spend a lot of time in prison. <laughs> <laughs> spent a lot of time in prison. God was working on him. Yeah. Spent a lot of time in a pit, a lot of time in prison. That's <laughs> so right. true. Wow. Oh, yeah. This has been so rich. Yeah. I love, I love it. it. And I think this is, even though it's, there is practical there principle here. These principles are real. Yes. It's so funny. Yeah. Like you just look at enough people that are successful, that are doing things. And this is what they're saying. So mm-hmm. maybe, maybe that's a good idea to get 
alone with God and to realize your identity. Yes. And then what you think is such a huge deal and so limiting really becomes something that shapes you. We'll be right back to the interview, but I wanted to take a moment and share with you about my favorite brand for pregnant and nursing mamas. Um, You've probably heard me talk about them over the last few episodes, but it's called Kindred Bravely. Kindred Bravely was my go-to brand while I was pregnant and nursing, and they also have stuff for non-pregnant and nursing mamas too. The sweater that I absolutely love and I'm actually wearing while we record this episode is called the Chloe Chunky Cardigan Sweater, and I have it in the oat color. It's a perfect addition to many, many fall outfits. I find myself picking it up most days and throwing it on with whatever I'm wearing. And I think you would love it too. It's super comfy. I also love all their bamboo stuff, their pajamas, um, their dresses for nursing mamas. Go check it out. You can go to kindredbravely.com and you can also use our code DYMC20 for 20% off your purchase and some exclusions apply. And I think, I think there's something else and I deal with this in my course, Nobody is Born Average. We've got to eliminate some distractions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've got to eliminate some voices that we allow to speak into our lives. You know, leadership demands resistance. That's what makes a leader. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. yet we don't like the resistance and we want the easy path. And so we, we tend to go with the flow and listen to things that are not biblically accurate. Yeah. And we let voices of our peers, we let voices of our past, we let voices of uh, the present culture kind of define us when God says no. Mm. And, you know, we can cause all of that to get us to just keep going down, 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 down Mm. till we're at the bottom and we're just existing. Mm. God didn't call you to exist. No, that's right. God called you to excel. Yeah. Amen. Cause you to do something. And so you would and say, turn off your stinking phone and turn off your phone. Turn off, turn off all the media that that's just dragging you down. Stop, stop the noise. Stop mm. it. How do you, and, how do you practically do that? Like you're well, a creator, you're, you're always studying. And I know how, how do you practically get quiet? Well, for me, this is just Darren Sargent. I am an early riser. Mm. Okay. I get up before the devils do. <laughs> That's um, early. Yeah, it's pretty early. Uh, they're usually going, they're done partying about the time I get up. <laughs> um, I've always been this way since I was a teenager. I, I just, my internal clock starts off at 430 in the morning. Okay, wow. I don't usually need an alarm clock. I just get up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't always get out of bed at four thirty, but uh, I love my morning time. I okay. love to get get alone with God. Um, I'm a big journal guy. Um, mm-hmm. I like to write. Um, I try to read and write before I check anything on my phone. Wow. Mm, that's um, good. I, How valuable? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm no, like go curious. Ahead. Go ahead. How valuable do you think that journaling is to your growth as an individual? Oh, to me, it's, it's huge. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, much to the chagrin of my wife, I have stacks and stacks and stacks of journals. I I mean, I got more journals than, than, you know, and I'm always, I'm a sucker for a new journal. Um, (laughs) It's something about breaking, you know, I have one right here in front of me. This is my, I, I, I just started 
I'm a big proponent now of bullet journaling. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I just started it this year and I am in love with it. I've tried every system out there and this works for me. Uh, nice. But for me, I'm able to take, I'm able to take thought. I, I think something happens when we take thought and now I'm getting, uh, I'm becoming a philosopher here, but it's we good. take thought and we put it down onto paper yeah. mm-hmm. with pen. Now, sometimes I do type journal mm-hmm. in, um, I have, you know, in my, in my computer, but I like the tactical. I, it just helps mm-hmm. me process. And that's how you grew up. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, some people, it's easier for them to sit down in front of a keyboard or, or do it mm-hmm. on their phone or, or whatever. Whatever works. I don't, yeah. I don't care. Mm. Uh, just get it out. But for me, one of the things that I've started doing recently is doing a daily review at the end of my day. Mm. Just just writing down, okay, here's what happened today. Like tonight, mm-hmm. I'll write about Adam and Carissa King. I'll write about <laughs> you guys. And I'll 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 and I'll ask myself the question, why in the world did they have me on there? Uh, no, I just did. And oh. but I'll I'll process it. Yeah. I had some things, you know, I'm I'm currently uh while we're recording this, uh quarantined here at home. Yeah. Uh, so I was, you know, had to do my staff meeting for work uh mm-hmm. from home today, but I'll I'll write about that. Mm-hmm. I'll just write about things that came up. I've taken notes while I'm, I'm in a meeting. It's like that. I, I, I wrote, beautiful. you know, scriptures I read this morning, things that mm-hmm. I thought they just come to me. Yeah. I write it down because it That's helps so me just process. Well, yeah, you're manifesting something that would otherwise yes. feel a bit intangible. And also it puts you into a routine so that you're, you're training your brain to look yes. for the the useful things the things that you want to reflect on later the stories i I came across um there's a really good book called story worthy Mm -hmm. that i think is fabulous and he has a ted talk um i'm I'm trying to remember the ted talk name i think it's called a story for life Mm -hmm. and he talks about that whole process at the end of the day to go through the day and he says you know your your days and weeks and years are flying by Mm -hmm. because you don't remember them exactly he said, like, if you capture your days, your life goes much more slowly and you can actually Ooh. enjoy it to a more full extent. Mm-hmm. Wow. I just wrote that down. Story worthy. Mm-hmm. For everybody listening in podcast <laughs> land, the Adam King just dropped a very notable <laughs> note. Go get story worthy. I wish I would have wrote it because I'd just make a million dollars right now. <laughs> okay, so That's speaking how many of people re- listen to your podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. Speaking of resources, though, we so far we've yes. written down. Uh, you're going to give us that YouTube link for the interview with Mr. Jenkins, your fourth yes. grade teacher. Uh, you've recommended bullet point journaling, bullet journaling, which we recommend as well. We'll put story worthy in the link to resources. Talk to us about your course. Yes. About uh, I am so excited. Nobody's I'm born. So excited. About nobody's born average. Yes. You know where it was born from. So what I did is I, I, I took this word average and I thought, okay, there's got to be something that makes us average. And I noticed that there were seven letters to average. So I came up with seven things that cause us to be average. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a few of them. First one is apathy. Apathy mm-hmm. will cause you to be average. Mm-hmm. Just an apathetic attitude and apath- apathetic spirit, whatever. The, the wow. second thing was voices. Voices will cause you to be average. The third thing is the E, that's excuses. 
Mm-hmm. And then the R is relationship. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. Mm-hmm. And I could go on and on. Mm-hmm. The A, the next day is assumptions and then Ooh, giants yep. of fear and failure. And I, yep. I, I better stop. But I don't want to leave people there in the course. I don't want to leave them there. I want them to go from average to awesome. And guess how many letters awesome has? I'm brilliant. Seven. I'm telling you. Just, <laughs> who, who comes up with stuff like this? Nobody. Yeah. Not nobody like me. Uh, right, right. Thing I'm is, you got you to gotta have uh, one arm and you also have that's to right. write every single morning. That's right. That's it's, right. You just got to do it. That's how you get you awesome. You can do this too. I'm not a trained professional. Do not try this alone. No. Um, but awesome has seven letters. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk how to turn average into awesome. Nice. And that's what the course is about. It's, okay. uh, it's $99. I, mm-hmm. I even make it easier for people. I, you can spread it out a three month uh, payment of 33 bucks uh, okay. just to make it easy for everybody. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, just, just quit drinking Starbucks for four days. And you can afford <laughs> exactly. the course. Seriously. $33. Right. Everybody should, can afford that for three months yeah, yeah. and then they for get lifetime months. access or how long do they, they get, get access? lifetime access to it uh okay. they get a workbook with it uh they get cool. a, a copy of my book the rule of thumb um <laughs> where i talk about the, it's it's an ebook i wrote they get okay. that for free uh so oh. yeah and there's more things coming down the road mm-hmm. um love it that will be involved in that course so so where can um, they get the course itself Go to nobodyisbornaverage.com. Okay. Nobodyisbornaverage.com. Yeah. Uh, it'll soon be my, my website, darrensargent.com, will stu- soon be uh, finalized. I'm hoping we'll be able to launch my new website this week, which has all my oh, courses awesome. on it. Um, okay. We'll link that in the show notes too podcast then. podcast and all that yeah. stuff. So okay. cool. And where, where can they find you um, on the po- in podcast land? Uh, it, almost any, any podcast place you listen the darren Sargent show is available um Mm -hmm. we are now into 86 87 uh uh, i think we're nearing 90 episodes so awesome um, that is so cool all right we will link all of that for sure okay good the darren Sargent show i didn't know what else to call it i just called it the darren Sargent (laughs) show i didn't well, it's it's original and awesome. Unique, brother. There we go. There we go. You know? Well, this so. this is incredible. We we like to close our podcasts by asking each of our interviewees the same question, and okay. um, that is, if you were to rewind back to the first couple years of your marriage, and then fill in the blank, dear young married couple, what would you say? Dear young married couple, don't get in a rush. Ooh you're not going to have what mom and dad has two years into your marriage. Don't Mm -hmm. get into a rush and compare yourself with other people. Mm -hmm. Be you enjoy the journey. Understand that God has got good things for you and your spouse. That is yours. It's your journey. Mm -hmm. It's nobody else's. So don't get in a rush. Don't be so fast to try to get, you know, well, we need to have this before we can do this. Just mm-hmm. enjoy the journey. Enjoy oh, it before so kids good. come along. Enjoy all of that. Just enjoy the journey. Amen. Don't rush. So Awesome. So good. Yeah. Love it. Thank you so much, Brother Sergeant. Always yeah, an honor. Good. <laughs> no, I was just saying thank you guys. This was this was a treat for me. You guys are amazing Ooh. people. 
Well, we love you so much. And seriously, people, go and check this course out. Yes, absolutely. Um, I know yes, there's so much wisdom. Serious. Because, <laughs> yes, like, a little. I need, I need to afford the surgery to reattach my arm. Hurry. Oh, no. <laughs> the jokes keep coming out. You know, if people could just invest in themselves, it's amazing what could happen. Yes. Well, there's some things we'll never know unless we're willing to grow. It's so true. And well I think sometimes we, we don't think we need to, do, we get to a place where we know everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not anywhere near where I need to be. Amen. I mean, I yeah. still don't even agree with half the stuff I do. So I've got a long way to go. I could concur. <laughs> half of me doesn't like that. <laughs> yeah. There's some things we will never know unless we're willing to grow. So yeah. be committed so to growth. And yeah. I think you'll, we got, we got an opportunity to really make a difference in our world. Let's do it. Let's yes. do it. Amen. We're enjoying you. You guys are doing it. You guys are doing it. I love Aww. it. You too. We love you. We, we appreciate you. you. Love you guys. All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance, with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at dear young married couple and we'd love for you to join us in conversation there all right see you next week